the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You're lucky, Dean, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program, we turn our attention now to uh, (laughs) the fact that the CDC has a Zombie Preparedness 101 guide. (laughs) And inspired by that, the folks at Lawn Love dug in and did another one of their uh, one of their great uh, surveys. 2021's best cities for surviving a zombie apocalypse. And from Lawn Love to uh, talk about it, joining me by phone is Sharon Sullivan. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Is there actually a CDC Zombie Preparedness 101 guide? Well, there is, but it's more of a <clears throat> kind of tongue, tongue-in-cheek kind of thing that they campaign that they've engaged to kind of get new readers onto um, following some preparedness for more of disasters, you know, like uh, <clears throat> hurricanes, floods, kind of those natural disasters, because a lot of the things that they talk about and kind of, you know, do it in a fun way about what if we had a zombie ap- apocalypse that that, uh, you know, it's kind of, these are the things <clears throat> you would need to do also for these uh, natural disasters. So it kind of, you know, covers a lot of the things of just keeping top of mind, like making sure you have a plan and, you know, uh, you have emergency contacts and you have supplies, you know, just as people are getting ready for, you know, Hurricane Ida to come through. I mean, that's just, those are the things that people think about. So they just kind of made it a fun way to kind of engage people to, to think a little bit more about, you know, preparedness. Now, how did that show up on, uh, on Lawn Love's radar? 
Well, we are always, you know, looking for different things. We, we have a lot of us who are very, um, you know, engaged in a lot of, you know, reading and um, following different things. You know, a lot of us uh, follow a lot of stuff. So it just kind of popped up and we thought, you know, that would be kind of a fun story to just kind of see um, in, a, in a unique way to kind of rate some of the big cities and see where, what kind of categories we could rate them in and um, how that would apply for something like that. So what kinds of things do you take into consideration in ranking best and worst cities for surviving a zombie apocalypse? What are the, the resources that, that you think they need? Well, they, <clears throat> they obviously need things like, um, you know, like public health. You know, you're looking at the, um, like the hospitals and the physical activity or people in good health. Um, you're you're looking at some of the infrastructure like houses do they have basements would, would they make good bunkers um do you have good plumbing and kitchen facilities you know could you live you know off grid um public health um again you know like the hospitals um also looking at some of the supplies you know you need to kind of have a lot of different supplies so you have to have shopping centers and hardware stores and and things like that um protection, you know, military bases, um, those kinds of, of things. And also some things like mobility, being able to have, you know, ports and marinas available and hiking trails and outdoor uh, things. So, um, you know, we look at a lot of, of that. Also, like outdoor supply stores, making sure that you have, you know, enough for gear and hunting stores. And, and so it's just kind of a a spectrum of things you would think you would need or would apply to an emergency like that. To what degree did the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic that we've been sheltering in place about off and on for a year and a half and maybe going on to? Yeah, well, that is something to think about. I mean, because... Um, you know, we, it is, we do talk about things like that. You know, people think that it might be a stretch to have something like that. But, you know, we've had a lot of different things come up. Um, you know, you've had Ebola, you've had Zika, now COVID-19. Um, so, you know, you, there's things out there that you really don't think about. But are, but are there parallels here that people might get? I mean, I... You know, when we talk about surviving right. a zombie apocalypse, that's pretty tongue in cheek. But oh yeah. But is there? But is there, or are there takeaways for dealing with real life situations like people infected with uh, a, a pandemic virus? Yeah, there there are. Um, obviously, you need to make sure that you're you know can live uh, separated from people if you need to. Um, COVID has shown us that, that, you know, I, my family just recent, recently went through it. So um, I've, we've had to, you know, quarantine and, and stay, stay tight. So it's, um, you know, making sure that you have, you know, supplies you need, your medicines, your groceries, your, you know, you have everything where you can kind of live um, secluded um, and away from people. And so, yeah, I mean, I, whoever would have thought that we'd be going through this, you know, for, and going on to, you know, into a second year. Um, I don't think a lot of people um, thought that we would, you know, be being experiencing such a thing. Um, and I think the CDC kind of looked at it more from a, a natural disaster like a hurricane. But, you know, um, 
it certainly applies in in all of those ways and and so really what we're talking about is emergency preparedness is really very similar from uh, whether it's a zombie apocalypse or or a tornado or an earthquake or a flood it, it a lot of the things that you want to look for um, in terms of of resources are are really kind of similar from event to event they are um you know when you're talking about something like a a pandemic or um you know any kind of natural disaster you really have to think about those things i mean do you have a plan do you know like um you know family members do you have a, a type of evacuation route like for a hurricane um you know so a lot of those things all the supplies you need a lot of the supplies you know you, you talk about for for things like that applied to COVID, applied to you know hunkering down for a hurricane so yeah they they do have a lot of parallels um and that's why the cdc kind of took it in a tongue-in-cheek way but it really um kind of hits home to maybe some people who are more the pop culture that can relate a little bit more and take it a little bit you know more seriously like okay yeah let me think how what happens if, you know, this were to happen? I picture the guys from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you know, going, hey, we really, <laughs> we really got to get prepared for this zombie apocalypse. And then something else comes <laughs> along and what the heck? We're already prepared. Rock on, dude. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but that but that's really why the CDC did what they did is so that people would look at that and go, oh, that's funny. But, you know, maybe I ought to check off some of the things on these boxes, you know, for any kind of disaster, um, whether it's, uh, you know, zombies or or patient zero or a hurricane, as as you suggested. How has the pandemic impacted the lawn care industry? Um, actually, the lawn care industry has not really been affected. I mean, that's an outdoor thing. I think um, I know from experience uh, that that is people are busy. They are probably busier than ever. <laughs> um, and it is something that, you know, people are home more. So they're looking at things around their house and they're saying, well, you know, I need this done. I need these trees taken down. I need this done. I'm, I'm finding ants in my yard. Um, I have, you know. Uh, I found out that, you know, I have this law disease and I really don't want to, you know, mess with it. I'm going to, you know, hire a professional. And so a lot of, um, a lot of people have reached out, you know, and it's, it's actually been a very busy time for a lot of home services and long care being one of them. I would think for a lot of people that are a little reluctant to uh, get back out, um, I've, I've been to a couple of events myself and, and I've been referring to them as super spreader events, you know, sort of trying to have a little fun with it myself. But but I still find myself a little bit reluctant. Are people um, maybe, especially uh, through these summer months, spending a little bit more time in their yards? Oh, yeah. They're enjoying their yards. They're spending more time at home. They're just spending more time with their families outdoor, cooking um, swimming, um, you know, enjoying, you know, more of the outdoors. And when you do that, you know, obviously you see things that, you know, hey, I need this done and um, let me call somebody to, to take care of that. And it's, um, I know for a fact, you know, I have, 
you know, my house, I've spent a lot of time this past year doing a lot of things around the house with improvements, you know, lawn care being one of them. So um, I think a lot of, you know, being able to be outside, be with your family um, and, you know, enjoy that time at home. I think a lot of people look at that and say, hey, you know, I I really appreciate my home because so, sometimes we're so on the go, everything's so fast. Uh, we're constantly on the move, taking the kids here, going here, there, that it just, uh, you know, spending weekends here. Now more people are having to, you know, just kind of slow down, relax. And by doing that, they're realizing, wow, you know, my, I'm really enjoying this. You know, it's very relaxing. My yard is beautiful. Um, and so they're, uh, you know, investing a little bit in, in their homes and, and things going on in the outdoors. Um, you know, I, I, you, the uh, Lawn Love does uh, surveys from time to time. About how often do you do these kinds of surveys? I mean, the one we're talking about today is kind of in fun, best cities for surviving a zombie apocalypse. But what are some of the other kinds of surveys you do, and, and how often do you put these out? Well, um, we are doing them uh, pretty frequently. We, we are doing them, uh, you know, every week to every other week. We have, um, you know, a, a kind of a team that's dedicated to some of these unique stories, kind of our story study in different cities. And we've done one on, um, you know, reselling clothes. We've um, done stories on uh, the best cities for outdoor movies. Um, so we try to focus on... Um, you know, a lot of the outdoor stuff, this was kind of something that kind of caught our eye and we thought, well, this would be a little bit neat, especially now in the times that we're living in to, to kind of connect uh, this story and, and, you know, a little tongue in cheek and, and some fun, but really to kind of, um, we do some, you know, they're a little more serious, um, but some that, you know, are a little more fun. Some have to do more with the outdoors, you know, the, the best cities for vegetable gardens and things like that. Just kind of gives people, um, you know, it's a reader piece. It's something that it's a talker that people talk about and they see where their city rates. And it's, uh, you know, just a lot of, a lot of fun. Sometimes it's very, you know, informative, but, you know, like you said, this one is a little more, you know, tongue in cheek, but it does have that parallel, a little more serious connection to it. Well, and, and some of the best satire often does, Sharon. You know, you take something, yep. <laughs> and it seems like you're poking fun, but you really are exploring the actual pluses and minuses of cities um, in terms of emergency disaster preparedness. And, and even though you might be making fun of, of the idea of a zombie apocalypse, um, it, it it really applies to other things. Um, Sharon, I want to talk about how some of the different cities uh, ranked, uh, plus and minus, okay. but I have to take a break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Sure. Great. My sure. guest is Sharon Sullivan from Lawn Love. They've just uh, completed a CDC Zombie Preparedness Guide-inspired survey on 2021's Best Cities for Surviving a Zombie Apocalypse. If you're listening to us on 92.1 LPFM Flint, they are WFOV, our voices radio, and we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. 
Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place 
with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hi this is deb cherry genesee county treasurer and you're listening to the tom sumner radio show Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, This is the conversation for you if you're concerned about whether or not your city is the best or worst place to survive a zombie apocalypse because the people at Lawn Love have uh, ranked cities for surviving a zombie apocalypse, and we've been talking about that and more with uh, Sharon Sullivan from Lawn Love, and she joins me by phone. Sharon, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. No, that's okay. Thank you for uh, having me on. Um, now, the 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 idea of this, and and we pointed out multiple times in the last segment that this is kind of a tongue in cheek survey um, with regard to the best cities, uh, best and worst cities for surviving a zombie apocalypse. Um, but it, but it, uh, on a, on a more serious note, it does sort of uh, explore these different cities for real-life emergency preparedness uh, resources and so on. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about what some of the, the best cities, uh, best and worst, were and why. Maybe maybe go with the top three. Okay. Well, the, um, the top three for <clears throat> the best cities, um, uh, the first one is Huntington Beach, California. Um, Surfs up. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, they rated they rated high because um, there's multiple reasons. We rated them on different categories, uh, but they um, they have a lot of healthy residents, and that was one of the things we we looked at. Uh, people who kind of took up jogging in the last year, um, and you know, people the population of, in good health uh, that they you know rated number twenty six in that category for both of those but and, and what were um, some they of, also, what were some of the other categories like like um i don't know access to health care hospitals uh, what were right. some of the other things access, went into it right access um access to health care um a lot of it was uh you know related to that physical activity rate people who jogged in the last year the share of the population that was in good health um then the natural kind of hazards index that we took into account um, and then they also had, you know, they had strong protections. They were not number four in that, and that included, you know, military bases. Um, they also ranked high in mobility, um, which, you know, the number of, uh, biking, uh, trails, hiking trails, uh, campsite, port availability and marina availability. Um, so they ranked high in that as well. So they, that's kind of why they... They and they kind of rated high in all of those categories that um, kind of pushed them to number to number one. Um, number two was Bellevue, Washington, and number three was Alexandria, Virginia. Um, again, they're kind of also have a lot of that water access, um, you know, and they kind of ranked a lot in higher in different categories. Um, you know, that's something th- I've never really thought about. Um, do zombies swim? <laughs> I don't know if they I don't know if they swim, but you can uh, you can sure get on a boat and try to get away at least if you have a boat. Uh, that would be that would be my option if I live near the water. 
Now, now let's um, let's look at the worst uh, worst case scenario. Um, when you rank the worst cities, it's 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 really the cities that ranked last. You ranked um, what 198 cities in in Huntington Beach, Bellevue, and Alexandria, Washington were the top three uh, on that ranking. But then you've got uh, Oh, the bottom eight or, or ten um, mm-hmm. considered to be the worst because they didn't rank well on, on this survey. And Brownsville, Texas is at the top of that short list. Um, what are, are people in Brownsville, Texas just kind of slow? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Apt, I mean, apt they, to be caught they, by they the zombies? <laughs> They were they ranked in different categories, you know. Um, you know, we kind of take a overall ranking after we kind of combine all of those. But but yeah, I mean it. It's kind of weird because you know you can rank really high in one category. Um, you know, for instance, uh, you know we're talking like Detroit, for instance, which is you know not far from you. I mean they yeah. num- they rank number one with port availability and marina availability, but they did not rank very well in good health. <laughs> and they ranked uh sadly that's true all world. over michigan sure <laughs> <laughs> they ranked 199 200 cities in uh with pop- population and good health um so they that's the thing kind of averaging these scores out um you didn't rank very well in shopping centers and supermarkets either so i don't know um and pharmacies so that kind of kind of threw threw the rankings off a little bit and that's you know why Detroit was ended up, you know, towards the bottom of the list. They weren't, they weren't dead last, but they were at the bottom of the list. Um, and and San, so, San Bernardino, uh, California, San Bernardino, and Enterprise Nevada um, are, are the top three of, of the group of worst cities. Or should I be going from the bottom up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Laredo, Texas, and Jackson, Mississippi, um, and Sunrise Manor, uh, Nevada, you know, those were the, the ones that ranked last in the, in our survey. So it's, you know, like I said, you can they can rank very high in one category, but um, overall, you know, it we kind of take into account all of those different categories and, and ratings to to come out with that overall rank. And those all and, uh, seem to be places that are pretty well landlocked. Um, is, yeah. is, is that a negative? And, and that gets me back to the question about whether or not, uh, zombies can swim because all the cities <laughs> that rank well seem to have port access. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. They do have port access. Uh, that's a good question. I guess that's the one thing is to, to figure out if they, if they can really swim. So, um, so that I, if for me, like I'm kind of landlocked uh, right now in the middle of Florida, but if, if I were, you know, going to try to survive that zombie apocalypse, I would either be in Fort Lauderdale or Hollywood for sure because they ranked in our top ten. <laughs> beat, beat it for the beach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think what some of the other uh, vulnerabilities that uh, that zombies have that that cities could prepare uh, against. Um, I, I don't know. Are they light sensitive? They always seem to be. Um, ambling in the dark. Yes, they do like they they, they do like the night. So, um, and that's why you know it's kind of surprising. Some of our western cities ranked 
uh, ranked so low. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it had a lot to do with, you know, health. I mean, it, you got to understand, too, you know, as far as the zombies, you know, how, how fast are they going to run? Do you have the ones that walk slow or the ones that kind of move fast? So, um, you know, that's another... <laughs> That's another thing to think about. But a lot of it was a lot of the land around it, you know. Do, is there a lot of uh, territory to, to get out? Like, Florida as a state ranks really well for, um, you know, land to uh, travel and hike and campsites because we have a lot of that. But um, but they rank low on some other, you know, categories. Obviously, a lot of the bigger cities, um, they do have port access. But we don't have... In Florida, we don't have basements, so that's the bunkers. We rank really low because Florida does not have basements. That's that's true, and there are a lot of places in the South, you know, across the South in the U.S. that don't have basements. That's really there's a lot more of that in the North. Um, what were some of the impediments to escaping zombies? You you talk about exit routes and port being kind of kind of looks like kind of universally part of what makes a good city to uh, survive. Um, but what were some of the things that that caused cities to rank low? You mentioned um, health, and um, you talked about access to uh, shopping stores and markets and so on but what what were some other things that might be considered impediments well um yeah i mean we ranked a lot of that uh the mobility access you know that ranked uh pretty high um because you need to be able to move um that that's one of the big things so good roads lots of lots of uh trails and roads and and you know exit uh, options correct yeah you need to be able to move because you just you know you need to have that access to to be able to to move pretty fast and and go um another thing is you know some of our higher cities ranked because they're next to each other so i think having that you know um the ability to have that fend off in numbers type of thing um i think that helps because you know we in our top 10 we had to you know Fort Lauderdale, and we had Hollywood, Florida, that are right next to each other, and we have um, uh, Bellevue, Washington, and Seattle, Washington, and they rank high, they're right next to each other, so I think, you know, the access, having, you know, the, the ability to have numbers is, is good, um, and stay, you know, together um, to send off uh, I think that helps. So I think being kind able, of able to, basically the ability to evacuate quickly and efficiently right right and have have that ability is is a lot easier than um you know kind of being in there and and landlocked um but you know military bases um you know that that was big and having weaponry and availability to that and outdoor stores and you know hunting gear type stores um that you know it was also good um and a lot of the infrastructure, the home infrastructure, like, you know, the square footage of houses and like we talked about before, the basements and having homes that had, you know, complete kitchen and plumbing access. And um, so a lot of that infrastructure, too. Um, so some of the bigger, you know, sort of bigger cities um, ranked a little bit lower than maybe some of the 
the smaller cities did. Um, how likely is it that that people are responding not not to the zombie survey but other best city surveys are people moving are they migrating uh, as a result of i don't know fires in the west and and hurricanes along the coast are are people starting to migrate a little bit which some might chalk up to reactions to climate change know about necessarily that to be honest with you I think a lot of you know movement happens you know we talked a little bit we did you know um, some things on uh, you know jobs right now I mean you, you can move anywhere um, that you want to because a lot of uh, what we found with COVID-19 is that you can work from home uh, you don't have to work in an office so I think a lot of people are basing that more on where they want to live or where they need to. Maybe they have family that they want to move closer to that they couldn't to, they couldn't before because they were locked into an office job that they had to be at, you know, nine to five. Now they're doing that work from home and they can travel, they can move, um, they can pick up, they can do their job still and they can be somewhere that they wanted to be. Whether it's, let's say they want to move closer to the beach or maybe they want to move away from hurricane areas and move a little bit further inland or maybe they have family, you know, parents that they want to move closer to because they're getting older and they need to take care of. So I think that is kind of forcing a little the more of the mobility, maybe the freedom uh, to be able to, to live in, in other places where you're uh, not um, having to work in an office because, you know, COVID-19 has kind of changed a little bit in how we work in our, um, in our work lives. Yeah, and I would think being cooped up, you know, it, it has made people want to increase the amount of space they have, it, just in case they find themselves, uh, you know, uh, sheltering in place um, for longer periods of time or maybe more often. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, everybody, I think, has realized that, you know, they <clears throat> they want to invest more in, you know, their homes. They want to invest more in taking care of their, you know, their property, their land, their lawns, their everything. And they, um, you know, they want to, they realize that that is more of home base now because it's, they're hunkering down a little bit more, being a little bit more cautious, um, maybe not spending as much time, you know, in large gatherings and obviously a lot, lot more um, employers have allowed their employees to work from home. Um, and found that it is just as effective. They're just as productive working from home as they were in the office. So, um, and I think people are, you know, taking a step back, relaxing a little bit more and realizing that, you know, they need to enjoy their life a little bit more. And so, you know, they're spending a little more time with their families, their, you know, their homes, their outdoors, uh, all of that. Um, and, and not uh, spending so much time, you know, on the go. What are some of the the uh, current trends in uh, landscaping? Well, um, are we seeing more gazebos? It... Are we seeing more pools? You know, is what's what seems to be uh, um, a trend? Well, I think a lot more people obviously are looking at like 
making sure that they're long as far as pest control and disease and things like that as far as maintaining that kind of thing. Um, I think that's a big thing. I think they're investing more in um, hardscapes like, uh, you know, fire pits and um, outdoor kitchens because they're maybe cooking outdoors more, grilling, um, spending a little bit more time out, outside. So they're investing more in, in hardscape features, um, which, you know, uh, so a lot of landscape companies, you know, specialize in those as well as, you know, doing landscaping. Um, but a lot of, I think a lot of it is, you know, tree care. People are, you know, taking care of things. I know here in Florida where I am, you know, that's a big thing, especially now making sure that's all taken care of before hurricane season. Um, but I think a lot of it is, you know, just beautifying their yards. They're, they're seeing, you know, things that if making sure that, you know, their grass is, you know, as green as it could be and fertilizing and maintaining and doing their spring maintenance and fall maintenance and, you know, um, and, but I think a lot too is, you know, investing in, in their homes and by putting in some of those outdoor, um, hardscapes and outdoor structures that are more permanent and add a little more curb appeal and value to their home. Um, so I think people are just, you know, making sure that everything is really, you know, curb appeal and pristine and, and looks good. Um, but we do, you know, a lot of people are um, looking for, you know, services through um, our long love um, pros and because we are able to, you know, connect them and, and, and put them in touch with, uh, you know, their customers and they don't have to worry about it. They can enjoy their outdoors. They can enjoy doing things they want to do on the weekends and, and not have to worry about it. Sharon, how long does it take to research and, and put together one of these surveys and, and get it uploaded and published? And, and, and what's Lawn Love working on next? What are some of the upcoming surveys that we'll see? Well, we have, um, we have a team, uh, a research team. We have people who do a lot of the analytics for all of that. So they um, are able to pull all the data together for us to have a, um, a writer who focuses on um, uh, writing once all the data is pulled together and we get experts to um, basically chime in on some of our stories uh, to give their uh, views on things. Um, so we, you know, we plan these, um, you know, in advance. We, we're way, we meet, we plan out um, different stories, talk about different ideas that we have for, for stories and so we're, we try to um, think of things that might be interesting, you know, obviously that people are going to want to read um, and stuff that, you know, is on topic and is current, you know, kind of current events. Um, and so we focus on that and we, you know, plan out our, our stories and it takes a little bit of time. You know, sometimes we go through and, and realize that, you know, some analytics aren't working and we're trying to make sure that we have the ac accurate data in order to, you know, Put these stories together um but we're we're focused on a lot of um you know outdoor a lot of outdoor things so um well i think this sure I, I think this one is just tremendous fun um from lawn love <laughs> the 2021's best cities for surviving a zombie apocalypse and it really puts emergency preparedness 
in it in a different light so it maybe is a little bit more fun to explore um sharon thanks for spending this time with me this morning i always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about lawn love and these surveys and in particular this uh zombie apocalypse survey yeah if you it's on our it's on our site lawnlove.com um and it, it should be right there at the top we have a blog um that we uh, have our stories on, and you can see all of our lawn care stories. We have lawn care related to specific cities, um, and we also have um, our best uh, city stories, and our zombie one is one of those. So uh, just uh, you can find us on lawnlove.com. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning, and uh, this is a, a really fun survey, and, and keep up the good work, and... Um, Make sure if there's a zombie apocalypse, you get to the water. Right, yes, I don't exactly. Think they, I don't think <laughs> they can swim. Sharon, take care. Thanks, Tom. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Sharon Sullivan from Lawn Love, their uh, uh, 2021 um, Best Cities for Surviving a Zombie Apocalypse survey is up on their website. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <laughs>
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in edible arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for edible arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. 
Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I'm seven years old, standing up in my crib. I kept falling out of the crib. I really, you know, I mean, they gave me a bed, but I kept falling out of it. And uh, I'm staying up there. My parents are going out, see, and they're just walking back and forth. We live in an apartment uh, building. It's only one bathroom. And there's my bedroom, then my parents' bedroom. And they have to pass by my bedroom in order to get to the bathroom. And if the door's open, I can see them. And I know they're going out because they keep bumping into each other, you know. <laughs> boom, damn, boom, get out of the way. Boom, where's my sock? I don't wear them, you know. So, uh, this is before babysitters, when parents did not believe in babysitters at all. You know, the philosophy was, what? Let some stranger look after my kid? I'd just as soon leave him home by himself. <laughs> so, uh, I'm staying up here. I got my sleepers on. I wore sleepers till I was 12. I love sleepers because I used to put mashed potatoes in the bottom of my sleepers and make my mother feel them. Mom, Phil's a dead rat. She'd faint. <laughs> my mom would faint for anything, man. I used to get hit in the head with a rock and cover up the blood. She couldn't stand blood for nothing, man. I'd go home, stand right behind her. She's cooking. Mom, look, blood. <laughs> she'd faint. I'm standing up in the crib and they both come up, you know. And now the whole thing to them is that they have to scare me to make me stay in the bed, see. They tell you some kind of a lie. That's what the parents used to do. There's a green monster out the door. If you get out of that bed, they'll, he'll eat you right up, you know. So I'm a con man. I really am. I'm a, I'm, I'm a good con man. Boy, I never went to school if I didn't want to. My whole thing was so beautiful. My mother used to come in, boom, open the door, and, uh, and I'd be in the bed, you know. And she'd say, aren't you going to school? And I'd say, mother, is that you? Just bring your face here so I can, I can touch it before I leave, you know. Never went to school one day. And always got out at 3.30 to play. Used to go up to her. 3.30. A miracle happened! I'm well! You're not well, get back in the bed. Honest to goodness, Mom! A little angel came right up on my bed, hit me with a wand, playing, said, go out and play. And she had to believe the angel. I knew that. So anyway, I'm standing in my crib. And I said, now, don't get out of the, the, the crib, please. See, my, my father, I love my father's uh, approach. It was basic. Stay in the bed. That's all, you know. Stay in the bed, see? I knew how to answer him. I will. And it, well, that was it. You know, he'd go, and then I'd jump out of the crib, you know. <laughs> Papa's beautiful, but mothers, they give you a half out. Stay in the crib because your life is important to this and that. Oh, yes, I've heard it before. <laughs> but my old man would just come up, stay in the bed. Right, Dad. And he'd leave. He said his piece, you know. So now my mother comes in. 
I don't get out of the crib. Yes, mother. I'm tired anyway. I, I'm going to sleep. The Sandman's beating me to death. And I'm so tired. Pardon me for not seeing you to the door, but I'm just tired. I'm telling you right now, don't get out of that crib. Now, the last time you got out of the crib, you went in and listened to that, that radio and heard that awful Lights Out program, and it scared you so bad that you smeared jello all over the kitchen floor to make the monster slip if he came at you. And your father went into the kitchen to get a drink of water, slipped and hurt himself. Now, to make sure you don't, you don't get out of this crib, we've placed over a hundred black poisonous snakes around your crib. And if you so much as put a toe out there, they're gonna bite you, you're gonna swell up and be dead until morning. I don't see no snakes, they're invisible. And she left, boom. Boy, I'm telling you right now, I'm so sick of this place, I'm gonna run away from home. They're always putting black snakes. Snakes! You get out of here! This is not your room, this is my room, and you just get out of here! I don't care who sent you in here, this is my room. I didn't ask you to come in here, nasty snakes! Snakes, do you hear me talking to you? Huh? Snakes! I gotta go to the bathroom! Come on, have a heart on a guy, will you? Are you out there? Listen, snakes! Now, now don't you bite, don't you bite me. I'm gonna put, put my toe out there. Don't bite it, just give it a little snaky lick. Come on. Okay, listen, you can bite it just a little bit, but, but don't put none of your juice in it. Nothing. Well, go ahead, I bet you're not even out there. Go on, bite it, suckers! Yeah, I know you wasn't out there. Lie to me, boy. I'm going to listen to the radio. We had a Philco radio, it was about six feet tall. Had 287 knobs on it, of which only two worked, off on volume and the station selector. The extra knobs were if you'd lose one, you could replace them right away. You don't have to go to the store. And I love to get scared to death. Anything that has scared me to death, I loved it. I love Frankenstein, a wolfman, and a mummy so much. I used to sit right up front, and then they would come at me, and I would squish myself under, into the orchestra pit. I hid all over the place. I'm telling you. I had pictures of them all over my house, never looked at them. Was scared of them. There were three programs that were scary. One was suspense. That wasn't too scary. That was suspenseful. Then there was Inner, uh, Inner Sanctum, where the guy played the organ. Do, do. And then he would come in, good evening, and he was so happy to scare you to death. And he opened that door, and then he told you a weird story about his uncle Harry who had lost his hip bone or something like that. Oh, man. But what really scared me was when he closed the door. At the end, of, I knew somebody was in the house then, and I started smearing that jello. No monster gonna get near me with that jello on the floor. I've tripped up many a monster with that jello on the floor. Yes, sir, Bob. And now, I got my radio, I turn it on. You gotta wait maybe, maybe eight days. It'll heat up, you know, eight days. 
Why do you think I'm And then I just, ah, there's good news. Good evening. That's the guy. Go ahead, scare me to death. I'm ready. I'm ready. Scare me, man. Come on now. And welcome to Lights Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, scare me. I was dumb enough to do whatever the guy said to do on the radio. Turn your lights out. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. They're out, they're out. Go on, scare me to death, I'm ready. Tonight's episode is about a chicken heart. A chicken heart that ate up New York City. Yeah, go chicken heart, go. Go get him, eat him up chicken heart. Scare me to death, I'm, re I'm ready, I'm ready. chicken heart was kept alive in a laboratory in a vat. Special solution. Half blood, half sodium salicylate. One day, a careless janitor knocked the vat over. He went to get a rag to clean it up. The chicken heart grew. Six foot, five inches. And in search of human blood. The janitor came back, opened the door. The heart ate him up. What? Go get him, chicken heart. Go get him. Go get him. out into the hallway, rang for the elevator, fourth floor, ah! go get him chicken heart, go get him, you will, moved out into the street, ate up all the cabs, the Empire State Building, ate up the Jersey Turnpike. It's in your home state. It's outside of your door. And it's going to eat you up. Oh, I got my jello star smearing it all over the floor. Get out of here, chicken heart! I set the sofa on fire. You won't come near smoking fire and jello. My father came in the house and what? What the hell's the sofa doing on fire? Come in the house, the chicken heart's gonna eat you up. Hurry up, okay. Zip. What chicken heart are you talking about? Do it on the radio. Tell you the idiot, turn it off. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Alexander Zajic, Don't Touch That Dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 